This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. The SCP Foundation sent out a public service broadcast when a very dangerous entity escaped containment. An object of anomalous origins known as SCP-096 has escaped containment and is currently heading to your approximate location. 096 gets angry when his face is viewed, whether it be in real time or any sort of media. It is recommended to avoid viewing 096's face at all costs and turning in or destroying any images of it. Welcome to Freaky Folklore the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we are discussing SCP-096, also known as the Shy Guy, a Euclid-class creature who kills after one look. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. You can now find Freaky Folklore videos on YouTube as well. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. The sun peeked over the horizon, 
its golden light filtering through the blinds in Mason's bedroom. His alarm blared at precisely 0500 hours, just as it did every morning. With a grunt, Mason rolled out of bed and dropped to the floor, pounding out 50 push-ups in perfect form. When he finished, his muscles burned and sweat beaded on his forehead. He strode to the kitchen and made a protein shake, gulping it down before hopping in the shower. The icy water shocked his system awake as he mentally reviewed the day's training schedule. Three miles of open water swimming, weapons drills at the firing range, hand-to-hand -hand combat practice, and mission planning for an upcoming op. Just another day in the life of a Navy SEAL. Mason smiled, relishing the familiar ache in his muscles and the prospect of pushing himself to his physical limits. Nothing gave him a thrill quite like the challenge of SEAL training. The mental fortitude required to overcome exhaustion and forge ahead. The brotherhood formed between teammates who had endured hellish conditions together. Being a SEAL wasn't just a career. It was a calling, one that Mason had dedicated his life to answering. No sacrifice was too great if it meant protecting his country and the people he cared about. After toweling off and getting dressed in his training gear, Mason headed downstairs. He opened the fridge and grabbed a Tupperware full of chicken, broccoli, and rice. The same meal he ate most mornings. Nutrition was fuel, nothing more or less. Mason inhaled the food in record time, chasing it with a mug of black coffee. Glancing at the clock, he saw he had five minutes to spare before it was time to head out. Five minutes of peace, a rare luxury in his line of work. Mason sank into his worn armchair and closed his eyes, listening to the sounds of the city waking up outside his window. The familiar noises grounded him, reminding him of what he was fighting for. Not some abstract concept, but the simple pleasures of everyday life. When his timer went off, Mason opened his eyes. It was time to get to work. His country needed him, and he wouldn't let them down, not if it killed him. With a determined set to his jaw, Mason stood up and grabbed his gear. Today was going to be a good day. The worn envelope arrived on a Tuesday, tucked between an electric bill and a coupon mailer. Mason turned it over in his hands, frowning at the lack of return address and cryptic scrawl of his name and address. Who sends letters anymore? His curiosity was piqued. Mason slid a finger under the unsealed flap and withdrew a single sheet of heavy, cream-colored paper. Mr. Blackwood, the SCP organization respectfully requests your assistance in containing a dangerous anomaly that threatens civilian populations. Your expertise in covert operations and combat situations would prove invaluable to our cause. The creature designated SCP-096 has breached containment. Left unchecked, loss of life is imminent. We implore you to aid us in reestablishing control before tragedy strikes. The fate of humanity may depend on your answer. Signed, Dr. 05. Mason snorted, the fate of humanity no less, Clearly, this was some sort of prank, 
or hoax to prey on the gullible and paranoid. He crumpled the paper in one fist, ready to toss it in the trash and forget the whole bizarre incident. Then he noticed the flash drive that had fallen from the folds of the letter onto his kitchen table. Against his better judgment, Mason plugged the drive into his laptop. A video file opened on the screen, grainy footage from a handheld camera. The view swung widely, glimpses of a tree and brush and a long, pale figure, but the camera whipped away each time, as if unable to focus on the subject. Heart pounding, Mason leaned closer. There, a brief shot of the creature's face, devoid of eyes or nose or mouth, just smooth, white flesh. The camera tumbled to the ground. Piercing shrieks filled the speakers, shrieks of agony and rage and madness given form. Heavy footfalls thudded, shaking the frame. The footage went dark. Mason sat back on his heels, cold with shock. A classified anomaly. Containment breach. Loss of life imminent. This was no prank. He looked again at the letter in his hand, the name signed at the bottom, and a no-nonsense scrawl, Dr. 05. Mason knew then, with a grim certainty, that he would accept this assignment. The fate of humanity may well depend on it. Mason stared at the blank screen, the scream still echoing in his mind. What was this thing? Some secret government experiment gone wrong? His hands shook as he ejected the flash drive and pocketed it for safekeeping. He had so many questions, but one thing was clear. If that anomaly escaped containment, the loss of life would be catastrophic. As a SEAL, Mason had a duty to protect innocent people from threats like this, no matter how implausible they seemed. Still, he couldn't ignore the sinking feeling in his gut. This was bigger than anything he had faced before, larger than any force a single man could stand against. You're out of your depth, a voice whispered in the back of his mind. Walk away now before it's too late. Mason gritted his teeth against the doubt. He had been through hell and back on missions others had called impossible succeeding where all expectations had predicted he would fail. The SCP organization sought him out for a reason. They knew as he did that he was the best of the best. He would do whatever it took to stop the anomaly in its tracks, even if it meant sacrificing everything. The fate of humanity depended on it. Mason folded the letter and tucked it into his pocket with a flash drive. He had his assignment. Now it was time to get to work. Mason had received a letter in the mail from a secret organization saying that his help was needed in a top-secret mission and that the fate of humanity depended on his answer. But he was a Navy SEAL. He couldn't just take off on a whim. Mason held the letter tightly in his hands, his mind racing with thoughts. He had always been a man of duty, committed to serving his country and the Navy SEALs. But this letter had piqued his interest, and he couldn't shake the feeling that he was being called to something greater than himself. He took a deep breath and looked out at the ocean, the waves crashing against the shore. 
The sound was soothing, and he closed his eyes, letting the salty air fill his lungs. As he opened his eyes, he knew what he had to do. He would speak to his commander and request a leave of absence. He had trained for years for this moment, and he couldn't ignore the call to action. The next morning, Mason made his way to his commander's office, his heart racing with anticipation. He knocked on the door and waited for permission to enter. Come in, the commander called. Mason stepped inside and saluted. Sir, I must request a leave of absence for my duties as a Navy SEAL. The commander looked up from his paperwork, surprised. What for, Mason? Mason took a deep breath and handed the secret organization's letter to his commander. I received a letter from a secret organization, sir. They say that my help is needed in a top-secret mission, and the fate of humanity depends on it. The commander read the letter carefully and let out a sigh. I see. This is quite serious, Mason. But you know, we can't just let you leave without knowing the details of this mission. What do they want you to do? That's the thing, sir, Mason replied. The letter doesn't say. They only say that I'm the one they need, and that it's urgent. The commander rubbed his chin deep in thought. I'll have to contact the appropriate authorities and see if we can get more information about this organization and their mission. In the meantime, I'll grant you a leave of absence. But I have to warn you, Mason, this could be dangerous. Are you sure you're willing to take on this mission? Mason stood tall and determined. Sir, I was born to serve. If the fate of humanity rests on my shoulders, then I am willing to do whatever it takes to complete this mission. The commander nodded, impressed by Mason's unwavering determination. Very well, then. You have my blessing. I will clear you for leave and get it cleared through the proper channels. Keep me informed of any developments. Mason saluted his commander and left the office with a newfound sense of purpose. He knew that the mission was going to be unlike anything he had ever faced before, but he was ready for the challenge. He would do whatever it takes to save humanity. Mason was up well before sunrise, making sure he had packed what he needed, which wasn't much. As a seal, he had learned to pack light, only taking the essentials. He heard a knock at his door, just as he pulled the zipper closed on his tactical backpack. At the door, he found a man in a black suit. Your ride, sir. Mason nodded, shouldering his backpack and following the man out to a sleek black car waiting outside. He slid into the back seat, the leather cool against his skin. The driver pulled away from the curb, and Mason settled back in the seat, his thoughts racing. Mason stepped out of the black SUV, surveying the nondescript concrete building before him. After years of service in the Navy, he had seen his fair share of secret government facilities. But there was something different about this place. An uneasy feeling settled in the pit of his stomach as he walked through the front entrance. His boots echoed on the tiled floor, announcing his arrival to the empty room. 
Hello? He called out, his hand instinctively reaching for the gun holstered at his hip. Silence was the only response. As he walked down a long hallway, he began to notice strange details that set his teeth on edge. Doors and windows were haphazardly placed, with no discernible pattern or purpose. The proportions of the hall seemed somehow off, too narrow, and too tall all at once. Anomalous sculptures and objects were displayed behind glass on pedestals, defying explanation. Mason stopped in front of one pedestal, containing a concrete statue of a contorted human figure. What is this place? he whispered to himself. As he looked away, he thought he saw movement from the corner of his eye. But looking back, the statue had not noticeably moved. His heart pounded as the statue seemed to stare down at him. But as he looked into the black orbs of its painted eyes, he felt that it was looking at him, that it wanted to kill him. He stumbled back against the wall, chest heaving. Beautiful, isn't it? Said a voice behind him. Mason whipped around to see a man in a white lab coat approaching. SCP-173. We call it the sculpture. One of our more popular exhibits. You know, it killed over 40 men before we figured out how to properly contain it. It seemed to only be a statue. But once you look at it, then look away... In that short span of a few seconds, it would snap your neck. Mason's hand twitched towards his gun again. Who are you? What is this place? The man smiled. Welcome to the SCP organization, Mr. Blackwood. I'm Dr. Arroway. We've been expecting you. Mason followed Dr. Arroway down the endless hallway, numb with shock. His SEAL training had prepared him for many things, but nothing could have readied him for this. What are these objects? He asked, voice hoarse. Are they alive? In a manner of speaking, said Dr. Arroway, they are anomalous entities contained and studied by our organization. Powerful, unpredictable, and in some cases highly dangerous. But through constant monitoring and experimentation, we aim to understand and neutralize the threats they pose to normalcy. Mason stared at him. Normalcy? He remembered the video that had come with the letter and the carnage it had held. This is insane. Dr. Arroway sighed. We understand your skepticism. Mr. Blackwood, the supernatural and paranormal do not fit neatly within the worldview you have been trained to accept. But there are dark forces at work in our reality that most remain oblivious to, willfully or otherwise. It is the duty of the SCP organization to stand guard against these forces and protect humanity's fragile grasp on the normal. Mason shook his head, gripping his gun tightly. I don't know how I got roped into this madness. Maybe agreeing to this mission was a bad idea. On the contrary, said Dr. Arroway with a grim smile, 
You were chosen for a reason. The talents that serve you so well in the seals will be invaluable here. There are dark days ahead, and we will need every able body we can get. Mason stared at the doctor in disbelief. He opened his mouth, but no words came out. A cold, sinking feeling took root in the pit of his stomach. Dr. Arroway folded his hands behind his back. Anomaly 096 has breached containment. We've lost 13 personnel so far in our attempts to resecure it. With more deaths certain to come, if we don't put a stop to this immediately. And do you think I can do what your men couldn't? Mason said. I'm good, but I'm not a miracle worker. You misunderstand. We don't expect you to face 096 alone. You'll be leading a team to track and contain the anomaly before it can cause further loss of life. Dr. Arroway looked him in the eye, his expression grim. 096 is extremely dangerous and volatile. If it reaches a populated area, the death toll will be catastrophic. We're counting on you and your hand-picked team to neutralize the threat by any means necessary in order to avoid that outcome. The fate of humanity is at stake here, Mr. Blackwood. Will you accept the charge? Mason fell silent staring at the cold floor as he contemplated the weight of responsibility being placed on his shoulders. This was bigger than anything he had faced before, larger than any force a single man could stand against. You're out of your depth, said the voice in his head. Walk away now. Mason gritted his teeth and looked up. I accept. Mason left the SCP facility with more questions than answers. Though he had agreed to lead the containment effort, he still had doubts about what he was getting himself into. What exactly was SCP-096? What gave it the ability to slaughter trained agents so efficiently? And how was he supposed to stop something like that? His ride arrived shortly after an unmarked black helicopter, with no identifying features. The pilot, a stern man in fatigues, didn't speak a word during the flight to Site-17. Mason spent the duration lost in thought, mentally reviewing possible operation plans and trying to anticipate what he might encounter in the field. After two hours of flying, the helicopter began its descent towards a thick forest. A concrete structure was visible in a clearing, surrounded by double fences, guard towers, and floodlights. As the helicopter landed near the gates, Mason caught sight of a ragged hole in the inner fence, torn open from the inside. His pulse quickened at the sight, a chill running down his spine. Whatever had done that was immensely powerful, and it was out there, waiting. The pilot turned to face Mason for the first time. We're here. Good luck, Commander. Mason gave a curt nod and stepped out of the helicopter into the frigid air. A woman in a lab coat hurried over to greet him, her expression harried. Commander Blackwood, it's a pleasure to finally meet you. She extended a hand. 
Dr. Barnhart, Head of Research on SCP-096. I'll be briefing you on everything we know about the anomaly before you head out. Mason shook her hand, eyeing the ruined fence again. I think we'd better make it quick, Doctor. We're already running out of time. Dr. Barnhart nodded grimly. This way, please. She led Mason through the gates into a long, sterile hallway. The SCP organization was founded to contain and study anomalous objects, entities, and phenomena that violate natural law and pose a threat to normalcy. And SCP-096? Mason prompted. His boot steps echoed on the tiled floor, amplifying the uneasy feeling in his gut. SCP-096 is a humanoid creature we have designated the Shy Guy. It becomes extremely hostile and violent when its face is seen, but is otherwise docile and contained. However, approximately 72 hours ago, SCP-096 breached containment. By tearing through the inner fence, we have been unable to locate it since. Mason frowned. How did this happen? Dr. Barnhart looked away, shame crossing her features. Human error. A new research assistant made the mistake of viewing SCP-096's face on the monitor. By the time the breach was discovered, it had already escaped. Do you have any leads on where it has gone? Mason asked. The chill had settled in his bones now, fueled by the unknown. SCP-096 was out there, waiting to be seen, waiting to kill. We've had a few sightings of a tall, humanoid matching SCP-096's description, approximately five miles west of here, Dr. Barnhart said. Local police have cordoned off the area, but we've been unable to contain it. All attempts at subduing or killing SCP-096 have been unsuccessful. It has immense strength and speed and seems to be impervious to most forms of harm. Our hope is that you and your team will fare better. Mason considered this as they came to a stop outside a still door. His team had faced insurmountable odds before, but never anything like this. Still, he made a promise to contain this threat, and he aimed to keep it. Just tell me what I need to know to stop this thing, Mason said, meeting Dr. Barnhart's gaze evenly. Whatever it takes, we'll get it done. Dr. Barnhart nodded, seeming to size Mason up. After a moment, she entered a code into a keypad, and the still door slid open with a hiss. Inside was a spacious planning room, filled with monitors, computer terminals, and a large central table. Around it stood three people in black tactical gear, presumably Mason's new team. They turned as one when the door opened, sizing Mason up as he entered. Mason walked over to join them, scanning each member of the team in turn. They seemed competent enough, but he couldn't shake the feeling that they were missing something. Experience, perhaps. This is your team for the operation, Dr. Barnhart said, following behind Mason. 
We have Agent Johnson on explosives and breach. Agent Park on close-range containment. Agent Chin on the long-range cover. And Agent Howell on armaments and medical assistance. They have all been briefed on SCP-096 and this mission. They are the best, hand-picked from around the world. Mason nodded, then looked at the monitors. They displayed maps, security footage, and documents on SCP-096. We need to narrow down the search area. The more time that thing has, the more damage it could do. Has there been any other activity from 096? Nothing yet, Agent Chen said, his voice brisk and professional. But it's only a matter of time before it kills again. Whether intentionally or not, we need to locate it fast. The search area is still too large for a quick sweep, Agent Johnson added. His frown was visible even under his black mask. We'll need to split up to cover more ground. But that also leaves us vulnerable. 096 could pick us off one by one. We'll stick together until we have it cornered, Mason decided. No splitting up. We need to draw it out and neutralize it as a team. He looked to Dr. Barnhart. What kind of equipment do you have prepared for this mission? Dr. Barnhart looked him square in the eyes. Commander, whatever you do, the most important thing is probably the most impossible. Avoid looking at its face. She paused a moment when he didn't reply before giving him a quick list of the equipment. Taser rifles, tranquilizer darts, sonic emitters, and more. Anything that could plausibly contain or incapacitate. SCP-096 is at your disposal. Good. Suit up and move out, Mason ordered his new team, turning back to the monitors. The familiar thrill of the hunt was starting to build in his veins. Even as an edge of fear remained, SCP-096 was out there, waiting. But it wouldn't know what hit it. Not this time. Mason allowed himself a grim smile, watching as his new team efficiently prepared to mobilize. They might be an unauthorized bunch, but if anyone could stop the shy guy, he knew in his gut it was them. They were an electric bunch, but after reading each of their files, Mason trusted each of them with his life. Together, they made up SCP-096 Response Team Sigma-3 an elite unit tasked with containing anomalous objects and entities that threatened normalcy. For this mission, they were transporting in two unmarked SUVs across three states to a small rural town in Nebraska. Mason drove one vehicle, while Johnson took the wheel of the other, with Howell and Park as their passengers. Mason glanced out the window at the flat landscape speeding by, fields of corn and wheat stretching to the horizon, his mind wandered as the dull scenery lulled him into a meditative state. How did I end up here? For the last decade, he had been a Navy SEAL. Now, he was chasing monsters. After several hours of driving, they finally crossed into Nebraska. Take exit 273. It'll lead us right into Haverford. Howell crackled over the radio. Mason nodded following Johnson as they veered off the interstate. They were close now. His heart raced in anticipation and anxiety. Somewhere in this quiet town was the creature they had come for. 
SCP-096, The Shy Guy. Mason took a deep breath, steadying his nerves. The hunt was about to begin. They rolled into Haverford just as dusk was falling, shadows lengthening across the empty streets. An eerie stillness hung over the town. Not a soul stirred. Place is a ghost town, Johnson muttered. Keep your eyes peeled. There's something not right here. Mason scanned the buildings as they passed. Many were damaged, windows shattered, doors hanging off hinges. Signs of a struggle, he said grimly. Slow down there. He pointed to a dark shape in the road ahead, and Johnson braked hard. It was a body, or rather, what was left of it. Mason swallowed hard against the bile rising in his throat, looking away from the mangled remains. SCP-096's work, no doubt about it, Park said in a hushed voice. When it's enraged, it tears victims apart limb from limb. Mason stilled himself with a few deep breaths. Keep moving. We need to find it before it claims more victims. They turned a corner and the warehouse came into view, old and dilapidated, its rusty metal siding creaking in the wind. There, he said, a spark of hope and determination igniting within him. That's our way in. The warehouse loomed before them as they pulled up to its gaping entrance. An unnatural darkness seemed to seep from within, as if the laws of light and shadow no longer applied. The air itself felt wrong, heavy and oppressive. It weighed upon Mason's senses like physical force. He exchanged a grim look with his team. They had found the lair of SCP-096. Now, they just had to go in. Mason surveyed the interior of the warehouse through the scope of his rifle. It's empty for now. Let's move in and set up before it returns. They unpacked their equipment with brisk efficiency, installing floodlights, cameras, and traps at strategic points throughout the vast, cavernous space. Johnson began arranging their armored transport while Park assembled their heavy artillery. Mason checked his sidearm, ensuring he had a full magazine of tranquilizer darts. They had to subdue SCP-096 without killing it, in order to transport it to a secure containment facility. One wrong move, one accidental glance at its face, could easily provoke it into a rage. His hands tightened around the grip of his pistol, nerves creeping into his resolve. Steady, said a gruff voice at his elbow. It was Chin, his second in command who seemed to sense the doubt swirling in Mason's mind. You're the best man for this job. We've trained for this. Just remember your training, and we'll get through this. Mason nodded, grateful for the reassurance. Right. Once everything is in place, we'll be ready for anything SCP-096 can throw at us. Look sharp! Park's warning cry rang out from across the warehouse. It's coming this way! Mason whirled around, pulse pounding, as a dark figure emerged from the shadows. The creature shuffled into the floodlights, impossibly tall and pale, with blank glowing eyes. It was SCP-096, and they had seen its face. The hunt was about to begin. Mason raised his pistol, 
signaling for the team to hold their positions. No sudden movements. He had to keep a cool head and approach this carefully. Steady, he repeated under his breath, locking eyes with the creature. It stood motionless for a long moment, as if sensing the trap that had been laid for it. Then SCP-096 let out an ear-piercing shriek that shook the walls of the warehouse, charging straight for Mason. He fired a tranquilizer dart into its neck, but it barely slowed the creature's frenzied advance. Within seconds, SCP-096 had crossed half the distance between them, arms outstretched, pale skin rippling over its skeletal frame. Mason's finger tightened around the trigger, losing two more darts in quick succession. The rest of his team opened fire, a hail of darts pinging off the creature's body. But still it came, rage and purpose in every line of its being. He emptied his clip to no avail. They had gravely underestimated its speed, ferocity, and tolerance for sedatives. SCP-096 was nearly upon them when a deafening boom echoed through the warehouse. The creature stumbled, dark ichor splattering the floor. One of Park's explosive rounds had found its mark. Two more booms followed in quick succession. At last, the creature's limbs gave out, its towering form crumpling to the ground. Silence fell over the warehouse, broken only by the ragged breaths of Mason and his team. They had done it. Against all odds, they had subdued the creature. He let out a shaky laugh, clapping Hendrix on the shoulder. Now comes the hard part, said Johnson with a grim smile. Getting this thing into containment without it waking up or tearing us limb from limb. Johnson had barely gotten the last word out when the creature began to move its fingers and then its arms. It pushed itself up off the ground so fast they didn't even have a chance to fire a shot. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more light-hearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. A few episodes back, we discussed the SCP Foundation. But for those of you who may never have heard of it, I will do a quick recap before moving on to discuss today's freaky folklore creature. The SCP Foundation is an online community of writers where people from all over the world collaborate to produce stories about unusual and mysterious creatures, things, and locations. Within the website's shared universe, the Foundation is responsible for capturing, containing, and studying various paranormal, supernatural, and other mysterious phenomena unexplained by science, known as anomalies, or SCPs, while also keeping their existence hidden from the rest of human society. The SCP Foundation is described as a secret organization that operates outside of the law, with the sole purpose of securing, containing, and protecting anomalous objects, entities, and phenomena that pose a threat to humanity. These anomalies can be anything from inanimate items with unusual traits to sentient creatures with extraordinary abilities. They come in all kinds of sizes. Today we are going to discuss one of these anomalies. We will address the subject as he, due to the fact that he is called the Shy Guy, insinuating that the subject is male and gender. The Shy Guy, also known as SCP-096, is a being over two meters tall with excessively long limbs that can open to bring their size up to four times that of a human being's. Every time its face was seen, it was known to become exceedingly hostile and aggressive. The Shy Guy exhibits extremely low levels of muscle mass, and early study of body composition indicates mild undernutrition. With an approximate length of 1.5 meters apiece, the subject's arms are widely disproportional to the rest of his body. The majority of his skin is pigment-free, and there is no evidence of body hair. The jaw of SCP-096 can open four times as wide as the average human jaw, except for the eyes, which likewise lack pigmentation. The rest of the face still resembles a typical human. It is currently unknown. If SCP-096 is blind, it's not regarded as sapient or exhibits no evidence of higher brain functioning. Pressure sensors within SCP-096 cell reveal that ordinarily, it spends most of the day pacing against the eastern wall of its containment unit. However, SCP-096 will go into a period of great emotional pain when someone looks at its face, whether it be in person, on camera, or even in a photograph. SCP-096 will start yelling, sobbing, and mumbling irrationally while covering its face with its hands. After the first sight, SCP-096 will start racing toward the subject, who saw its face, about a minute to two minutes later. Documented speeds have been as much as 35 kilometers per hour, but can move much faster. However, they appear to vary with distance from its victims. No known substance or technique can right now obstruct SCP-096's development. SCP-096 appears to have an intuitive sense of where its victim is located, 
Its precise location does not appear to have any impact on SCP-096's response. Notably, examining creative representations does not cause this emotion. So basically, the shy guy cannot tolerate being looked at under any circumstances, whether it be directly, in a photograph, or a video. If you look at the shy guy or his image, he will immediately become upset, feeling what is observed to be mental and physical pain. The only way he can stop this pain is to kill the person or persons who saw him. This does exclude drawings of him. Upon reaching his victim, the shy guy will start killing. The shy guy will then sit still for a period of time before regaining its composure and returning to its normal docile state. After that, it will try to return to its natural habitat. It's said in formal SCP documentation that retrieval of the subject should be regarded as an alpha priority since there is a chance of a large-scale chain reaction which could result in the disclosure of Foundation secrets and significant civilian casualties. Mason wiped the sweat off his brow, his hands trembling. His heart pounded as he peered through a crack in the wall at SCP-096, kicking Johnson's shredded remains. Chunks of flesh and bone littered the floor. The creature let out an ear-piercing shriek that shook Mason to his core. He turned to Chen and Howell, their faces ashen. On my mark, unleash hell on that thing. Aim for the head and don't stop firing until it drops. They nodded, determination etched into their expressions. But Mason saw the fear in their eyes. He felt it too, crawling under his skin like a plague of insects. Now! Mason barked, squeezing the trigger on his rifle. A hail of bullets peppered SCP-096, but it was unfazed. It barreled straight for them, limbs flailing wildly. Mason's heart leapt into his throat as the creature slammed into the door, splintered the wood. He scrambled back, firing round after round to no avail. How could they possibly defeat this monster? Panic threatened to overtake him, and he struggled to tamp it down. He had to stay focused. He had to. The door burst open, and a pale, emaciated arm shot through the opening. Mason stared at it, paralyzed with terror, as bony fingers grappled for purchase. In that moment, he knew with grim certainty that not all of them would make it out of this alive. Mason gritted his teeth and stilled himself for the confrontation to come, a single thought echoing in his mind. Today, evil will not prevail. My team is depending on me. Mason grabbed the shotgun propped against the wall and fired at the pale arm, blasting it to pieces. A bone-chilling shriek rang out as the creature recoiled. But a moment later, two arms shot through the opening instead. His heart pounding, Mason continued firing until he ran out of shells. It seemed hopeless. For every limb he destroyed, two more took its place. We need to go now! Howell shouted, eyes wide with panic. Mason nodded grimly. On three! 
One, two. The door exploded inward and the creature burst into the room. Mason stared up at its gaunt, lifeless face as a rage unlike anything he had ever known ignited within him. How dare this abomination threaten the lives under his command? With a roar, he launched himself at the creature. His men shouted in alarm and confusion, but he paid them no heed. He had only one purpose now, to destroy this monster or die trying. His fist connected solidly with its torso, but it was like punching a still wall. Pain lanced up his arm, but he refused to give up. He punched and kicked relentlessly, hoping to at least distract the creature long enough for his team to escape. A pale hand whipped out, seizing him in an iron grip. Mason gasped as the fingers tightened like a vice around his throat, cutting off his air supply. As darkness crowded the edges of his vision, he thought he heard the sounds of shouting and gunfire in the distance, growing fainter and fainter. He hoped his men were getting away. If they lived to fight another day, his sacrifice would not be in vain. With that final thought, Mason surrendered himself to the abyss. Mason blinked his eyes open with a gasp. He was lying on his back in a sterile white room, fluorescent lights humming above. His throat felt raw and bruised, but as he tentatively raised a hand to explore, there was no damage. In fact, all of his injuries seemed to have vanished. Sitting up with a frown, Mason took in his surroundings. The room was featureless, except for the bed he occupied and a closed door. There were no windows. An unpleasant chill crept down his spine. Something wasn't right here. His last memory was of the creature choking the life out of him and his team fleeing into the distance. So how did he end up in this place? The door chose that moment to slide open with a hiss. Mason tensed, ready to fight if necessary. But it was one of his own men who stepped through, Private Chen, looking hale and hearty. Mason blinked at him in confusion. Chen? How, what's going on here? Chen gave him a grim smile. Welcome back to the land of the living, Captain. What are you talking about? Mason demanded. The last thing I remember is that creature killing me. How did I survive? You didn't, Chen said bluntly. You died that day, along with Johnson and Howell. But you've been given a second chance. Mason stared at him, stunned. What are you saying? Chen extended a hand to help him up. Come with me. There's a lot you need to see. Wait, Mason suddenly demanded. Did we get it or is that thing still out there? His hand still extended. Chen replied with a smile. I'll explain everything if you'll come with me. Mason allowed Chen to pull him to his feet, his mind reeling. 
They left the room and entered a long, sterile corridor lined with closed doors. Two days after the incident, I was approached by a representative of a secret government organization. They said they were teaming up with the SCP Foundation, Chen explained. They told me that they had the ability to bring you back if I agreed that we would work for them. Bring me back? Mason echoed. How is that even possible? Through a highly experimental process involving advanced technology and artificial intelligence, Chin said, your body and mind were reconstructed from your DNA and memories. You are now a perfect replica of the man I once knew, down to every last memory and personality trait. Mason stared at him, stunned into silence. He didn't know how to process this information. If what Chin said was true, then, in a way, he had died that day. But he had also been reborn. He shook his head, trying to clear the confusion. He had so many questions, but one stood out above the rest. And what does this organization want from us in return? Chen glanced at him grimly. To continue to aid them in containing and eliminating supernatural threats, like the one that killed you. Mason shuddered, flashes of the nightmarish creature flooding his mind. He still couldn't quite believe that SCP-096 was real, that any of this was real. But the evidence was irrefutable. His scarred, reconstructed body was proof enough of that. As they walked, Mason noticed strange symbols and warnings plastered on the walls, hinting at dangerous entities contained behind these doors. His unease grew with each step. Chin stopped in front of a door marked with a bright red warning sign. In here is one of the anomalies we've been tasked to recontain. He paused, meeting Mason's gaze. It's SCP-096. Mason's heart lurched as a chill ran down his spine. He stared at the door imagining that pale, emaciated figure on the other side, waiting, watching. Don't worry, Chen said, misinterpreting his reaction. It can't see us, as long as we don't see its face. Mason swallowed hard, remembering all too well how that had ended before. He knew then that this was only the beginning. Their final confrontation with SCP-096 was still to come, and it wouldn't end as neatly as Chen seemed to think. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Destination Terror and Redwood Bureau. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, 
You can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.